Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Good morning. Next Sunday, Palm Sunday. Today, the fifth Sunday in Lent, kind of a Sunday in limbo. We know what's coming, don't we? Jesus knew what was coming too. But today, dinner with friends. We all have good friends that we can count on to welcome us. Come on over for supper. We're having soup, or tacos, or must be Tuesday, or sloppy joes, maybe ham and baked potatoes, whatever. Really doesn't matter what's on the table, does it? What does matter are the faces around the table, welcoming and loving. Friends, we love to see that appear at our door unannounced. When our kids were little, we had good friends that had five kids. Gosh, we had a good time together. Mac and cheese, a big bowl of it, was always a welcome dish. Maybe burgers or hot dogs on the grill. Mary and Martha and Lazarus, brother and sisters. Friends with Jesus for such a long time. I have no idea what they served at a moment's notice. I'm not really familiar with what they ate. Maybe some lamb, unleavened bread, veggies of some kind. Well, whatever was on the table, it was always a welcome dish and so appreciated. But the faces that sat around that table That was what was welcomed the most. That was what was important. On this particular day, at the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, not only Jesus was there, but some of the disciples, including Judas. Well, here's the account from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus went to Bethany, to the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from death. They prepared a dinner for him there, which Martha helped serve. Lazarus was one of those who were sitting around the table with Jesus. Then Mary took a whole pint of a very expensive perfume made of pure nard, poured it on Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The sweet smell of the perfume filled the whole house. One of Jesus' disciples, Judas Iscariot, the one who was going to betray him, said, Well, why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 silver coins? and the money given to the poor. He said this 
not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He carried the money bag and would help himself from it. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Let her keep what she has for the day of my burial. You will always have poor people with you, but you will not always have me. It's puzzling to me why Jesus had such trust in Judas. Judas, Judas was in charge of the money. Any of the others could have had that responsibility. And Jesus had to have known that. And he had to have known that on occasion, Judas would just help himself to whatever coins he would like. So when Judas complained about the costly perfume being poured out on Jesus, that it should have been sold and the results put into the money, the money bags that he was in charge of, he really wasn't interested in having it for the poor. He wanted it at his disposal to dip into at will. More money for him, right? And Jesus said to him, the poor you will always have with you, but you won't always have me. He, he knew his time was short. Mary dearly loved Jesus, and she chose to show her love for him in this way. When, you know, actually, she could have sold that costly perfume herself and kept the money. I'm sure they could have used it in that poor household. You know, but sometimes you just have to give a gift. You just have to show someone that you care for. And she had no idea at that time what was going to happen. At any given time, we don't know. From day to day, how often does that happen to you? Things turn quickly as on a dime, as the saying goes. There's a saying that I dearly love. You've probably heard it before, too. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And haven't you found that to be true? Perhaps this perfume was the only thing that Mary had. She had nothing else to give. So this is what she did. She took what she had. She took what she had and gave that. She wanted to do something special for her dear friend Jesus. And this was the only thing that she had to share. Pouring out her heart with love with this specially valuable kind of perfume. You know, love is extravagant. Love knows no bounds. Love for another means wanting only the best for that person. Taking care of their needs and their wants before you take care of your own. Making sure, making sure there's plenty for a child to eat. Making sure they have warm clothing. Making sure their health needs are taken care of. Making sure they're safe. Extravagantly. 
giving all that you have so that the other will be taken care of, well taken care of. As was the case in the story of the widow giving her last little coin. It wasn't much, but it was all she had. So in essence, she gave more than the others did. She gave all she had, while others only gave a small percentage of what they had. So who gave more? Some might think that serving Jesus means coming to church every Sunday in a big crowded church with loads of people, when actually serving Jesus usually means doing the small things behind the scenes where no one but Jesus can see them. We all know people who do the small things, behind the scene things. Taking a meal or a container of soup or chili to a neighbor, maybe some cookies. Picking up the mail or a newspaper for somebody who can't get outside. Maybe checking on somebody who's been ill. <clears throat> my neighbors across the street from me, they make sure that my garbage and recycle pans, cans are put out on Tuesday morning and they're picked up after the trucks come by. You cannot imagine how appreciated that is on icy, snowy mornings. Just put the bins outside your garage door and we'll take care of them. And they do. Lovely. In Ecclesiastes, it says there's a time for every purpose under heaven. That everything hap that happens, happens at the time God chooses. We don't always understand it. It says that God has given us the desire to know the future but never gives us the satisfaction of fully understanding what he does. The book of Ecclesiastes contains the thoughts of the philosopher. Doesn't give us his name, but it's a man who reflects deeply on how short and contradictory human life is with its mysterious injustices and frustrations. And he advises us to be happy and to, the best we, and to do the best we can while we are still alive, to eat and drink and enjoy ourselves, to enjoy what we have worked for, that it is God's gift. That's our mission, to take care of ourselves and each other. Every spring, we delight when the days become warmer and longer, and the sun rises early, earlier and sets later. It's God's gift, God's extravagant gift. Our very skin seeks out the sun and the warmth. And gifts don't have to cost a bunch. They don't have to be gift wrapped and tied with bows. 
love gifts given with sincerity. Anonymously, perhaps. And those are the gifts that are much fun. Martha's gifts came from her heart also. Her gifts lay in making sure there was plenty of food cooked for the guests, that it was all served lovingly and all cleaned up afterwards. From James 1.17, every generous act and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. With him, there is no variation or shadow cast. Jesus accepted these gifts from his dear friends, knowing full well that if anyone was to offer a kindness to him, it must be done now. There was no time left, don't you see? From the song, The Gift You Gave, thank you for the gift you gave, giving what no other could. Thank you for the gift you gave, for that radical gift of love. We are admonished to remember to do things now for the chance so often never comes again. And the failure to do them, especially to express love, may bring bitter tears. We don't know how many were there that day having dinner. It says they prepared a meal and that Martha helped to serve. So that means there were others there in the kitchen. And it says that Lazarus was one of those sitting at the table with Jesus. And we know that Mary was there. She poured that costly perfume on his feet and wiped it off with her long hair. And we know that Judas was there because he scolded Mary. <laughs> Sounds like a typical friends and family dinner, doesn't it? <laughs> I've been at gatherings similar to this, where one or the other had a disagreement and so hard feelings came out. But this wasn't a typical gathering, as so many turn out to be. Most are kind of fun, chit-chatty types of things, but there's always the atypical one, where you look back at it and you think to yourself, if I had only known that that was our last time together. I'm pretty sure that's what happened after this dinner at Bethany. As the next couple of weeks went by and the tragic events occurred. They had to have looked back at that night, at the conversation, at the carefree gathering. Do you think Mary looked back and relived pouring that costly perfume at his feet, rubbing it in with her hair, and thought, I am so glad I took that opportunity. An opportunity never to come around again. And what about Lazarus and Martha? Did they think about that day? Did Lazarus 
Did Lazarus think about that time when Jesus really actually saved him? Did he think about that day and wish that he had thought of something more special to say? And did Martha think about what she could have said, what she served on that day, and wish she had said that thought that was on her mind, but that she kept to herself? So what's our takeaway? I think we have a few. To seize the opportunity when it comes, because it may never come again. To be grateful when a gift is presented to us. To appreciate the opportunity to be among family and friends and to appreciate them. <clears throat> when you think of giving somebody a gift, Seize the opportunity and don't put it off and be generous. I know this is crazy, but I, <clears throat> I think you get thinking about that Christmas song. What can I give you, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I'd bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I'd do my part. But what can I give him? I'll give him my heart. And did Judas look back on that evening and think guiltily about the part he played? Did he look back and remember Mary's extravagance of love and wish that he had played his part differently? The sweetness of that perfume became the sweetness of the memory of Mary's extravagant love her extravagant gift, remembered even up until this day. There are some things that we can do almost any time, but then there are others. We think of a compliment we could pay, but we don't. The opportunity doesn't come again. Maybe a phone call we can make but we don't, we'll do it tomorrow. Impulse passes, and then we never do. We could, we could bring some food for the food pantry, but we don't, and the opportunity passes. I'm as guilty as anybody else, believe me. You th you'd think I'd learn. Mary's gift, Mary's extravagant love gift, and God's gift to us, extravagant love, revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Now it's our turn to share that gift of extravagant love. Amen.